Welcome to Sunny in Seattle with your host, Sunny Joy. And coming up on today's show, well, it's the first Friday of the month, and that means Dr. Alessandra Duke is stopping by the show today, so we'll check in with the two ladies and see what's up for March, as well as sharing the latest happenings in their lives and talk of their tips and tricks of handling it all. And now I welcome your hosts for the day, Sunny Joy McMillan and Dr. Alessandra Duke. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Sunny in Seattle. I am your host, or one of your hosts this morning, uh, Sunny Joy, and joined by Dr. Alessandra Duke, who is still getting settled. She just ran <laughs> in the door after an hour drive from Columbia City, yes. which it shouldn't be that long. What, how many miles is that? Probably Four. like, like uh, two, yeah, right. like three. It took me an hour. It can, on a good day, it normally takes, you know, 15, 20 minutes. So it took you an hour this yes, morning. Yes, and I haven't had coffee. So yes, Benny, I will do it. Benny. Stop yelling at me. <laughs> For heaven's sake! Benny trying to communicate. I can't even start the show without her on me. <laughs> He's trying to communicate <sighs> things for me to do, and my brain is not tracking him. <laughs> I just don't understand. Well, excuse me. Sorry. I will get your coffee right away, ma'am. <laughs> well, okay. So well, He's jack of all trades. We've just anyway. totally lost the normal intro, and that's mm-hmm. that's all good because mm-hmm. it's first Friday. We actually have both of us in the studio in Seattle. On the first Friday of the month, actually the first day of the month, March 1st, yes. here we are. We are beginning to see a little bit of spring. Oh, and there's sunshine. Uh-huh. And the time change next yes. week. Yeah. So we're- Gives me so much hope. Yeah, it does. I think we've made it through uh, another winter for the most part. We'll probably see little bits here yeah. and there. And yeah. Still I like to not get rain. excited too no, soon. No, but just when we see these little <laughs> peaks of yeah. the like sun. I saw daffodils yesterday. <gasps> Those are some brave little daffodils. Yeah, they are. They are. (laughs) Okay, so this is Sunny in Seattle. The archives, if you want to listen to the show later, 1150kknw.com. My website is goldenoversoul.com. What is your website? My website is Mm alessandraduke.com. That's A-L-Y-S-O-N-D-R-A-D-U-K-E.com. Also, I run a website called Seattle Lady Bosses. More than a website. It's more than a website. Mm-hmm. It's a whole huge organization mm-hmm. of women, really amazing women. And we have our next event yep. coming up, actually, on March 28th, a spring social. So if you are out there and you are any anywhere on the journey of entrepreneurship or business ownership, um, it's a group for women business owners, entrepreneurs, side hustlers, all that good stuff. And we're going to have – it's going to be so much fun. It's going to be at the, the gorgeous – Soul Repair in Capitol Hill. Oh, we've done one of those. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's oh, a great location. it's so beautiful. Yeah. Um, and then we'll have all kinds of goodies and giveaway prizes and have a guest speaker. It's going to mm-hmm. be pretty great. I have made some of the best connections, both friendship and professional, um, in Seattle through this group. And not because I wanted to be networky. It's when I started going to the group with a different, like, I approached it as, I'm just showing up because this group nourishes me and I love to support your work. And um, and that's when I've made some of the most beautiful connections. And I will say that this used to be more of a monthly thing. And now that you're in Bellingham, it is now a quarterly yes. thing. So yeah. just be aware that the next one is March, what? March 28th. March 28th. So if you want to... If you want to join or see what it's about, now would be the time to do it because it won't come around again until yes, like probably summertime. until summer. Yep. So yep. Uh, go to meetup.com and just look for Lady Bosses. Yeah, you can Google Seattle Lady Bosses and mm-hmm. the Lady Bosses website will come up or the Meetup site will come okay. up. Right now you can sign up through Meetup. I bet they have fresh coffee waiting for you there too. Uh-huh. Unfortunately, our machine is currently uh, busy and oh, down. That's what I Did I, I got a cup when I'm... 
Oh dear. We have I'm someone sorry. working. All I have on is it right. like I'm glad this that we can work left. through this on the air. I would <laughs> love to be over there working on it because I can do it faster than can the person. Can you go to right Starbucks? <laughs> Don't they deliver? Is that asking too much? Wait, what about the Uber Eats? Do they do coffee runs? <laughs> They do. Is that, don't they? Yeah. With this traffic, they'll have it to us by the There's like three, there's like three Starbucks right here oh, in the same little yeah, area they down could here. Bring what it about up. just what about black tea? Does that do it for you, or does it need to be coffee? Did you see the response right when you said tea? <laughs> she know, just that was all no, of the, like. Really I'm weird. glad that like, she's in studio because there were great. no words necessary. Nope. Okay, but the camera got black it. tea. It's does funny not because do it for I you. was going to try to say. I mean, it does work, but yeah, it's just not going to hit. Well, we'll check on the we'll check on the break. Can you make it five ten minutes? You know. Yeah, we're working. I can do. This. Okay. I can do this. Um, A crack more... team of engineers are on it. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't look promising when oh. I was in there. I well, say wonder what it, well, I, I'm not in there. I yeah. did not break it. I will say that. No, no, no. When I left, it's well, fine. I love okay. that you had to say that. Like. That maybe there was a conspiracy that you had broken the coffee machine. There might be. I just oh. wanted to clear it up. Yeah. <laughs> you never I know. did not see that. <laughs> Maybe so, you know you broke it. All right, it. let's grill her. No, I yeah. did not. I did not. I Where promise. were you? Yeah. It's 7.04. Yeah. <laughs> I was being let in the door. Aha. So you were right here. <laughs> all right. I love this. Right? We're so good at this. <laughs> 7.34, but no one's counting. Okay, so you're not going. Are you going to be? Do yeah, I, I can stay here. Yeah, go ahead. Start the okay, grilling. No, no. It'll go back on me. But I want to make sure that we come back around to you. That's if you're fine. about to go monitor the coffee machine, Maybe I want to make was sure that you. Maybe okay. Two more housekeeping items to mention because they are uh, more timely. Um, so uh, tomorrow and tomorrow is Saturday, March 2nd, and then, of course, Sunday, March 3rd. This will be the 27th Annual Women of Wisdom Conference, um, and it's a fun, wonderful conference with a lot of great presenters. Um, we've got chanting and music and a silent auction and a raffle. And it's it's if you haven't been one of the Women of Wisdom events, this is the longest running women's spirituality conference, um, and they've been around since 1993. And it's a really unique, intimate setting for women to just come create lasting change in their lives and inspire each other and have fellowship with like-minded uh, ladies. So um, I will be doing a presentation. Um, first time I've done this in a group setting because I've done this individually before um, with clients, but. I've been really excited to do this in a group setting, and the workshop is Soul Digger, Seeking the Gold That Comes from Your Soul. Um, And so it's all about, um, this is a quote from Martha Beck, being brave enough to turn away from the shiny objects and toward the light that makes them shine. And I, as I've mentioned several times on the show, I love shiny objects. I think they're great. It's part of the human experience um, of being here and being human. But when they become a distraction or when they become a substitute for your self-worth, that's when I think we can run into trouble. And so this is all about living aligned with your highest self and, uh, yeah, mining the gold that comes from your soul, not from the other places, the externals. So if you want to register, it's not too late um, for you. Can, I think I'm not sure how they do this, but you don't have to go for two full days. I think you can go just Saturday or just Sunday or just for parts of the program. So just go to womenofwisdom.org. That's womenofwisdom.org, and you can find out more and register. And then the second thing I wanted to mention is um, so Scott Stabile. He is the author of Big Love. He has been on the show before. I adore his work. Um, He's a really, really neat individual. Um, I've done his workshops before when he's come through Seattle. He is coming back to Seattle next week um, on Sunday, March 10th from 1 to 5 p.m. for a workshop called Love Yourself Madly. Um, It will be at Seattle Unity. And um, it's all about um, looking at yourself honestly and loving yourself madly. 
Um, and in Scott's words, you know, he has found that the path to living a more joyful, peaceful, meaningful life begins with self-love. And it's something that I think I, I'm beginning to see this more mainstream now, which is really awesome, this whole mm-hmm. idea of self-love. Um, because at first, I've talked about this before, too. I used to think it was such a, I don't know, fluffy, amorphous mm-hmm. thing. It is not. It is a real thing, and it's where the foundation of everything begins. Um, we'll be doing some self-love work in the Soul Digger workshop as well. So anyway, if you want to come learn it with Scott Stabile, who is all about love. He's like Mr. Love. Just go to scottstabile.com. That's scottstabile.com. And you can, again, find out more and register. So that's what I've got for housekeeping. That sounds great. Yep. That's good housekeeping. Yeah. I'm so excited that you're doing a new program. I'm excited, too. It's going mm-hmm. to be a grand experiment. Um, yeah, because taking it to a group setting, I think group settings, it, um, it's kind of like when you go on a retreat, the city that you're in becomes a coach in and of itself. Um, but when you do uh, group work, I think the group becomes a coach mm-hmm. in and of itself. Like you can just sit back and see where the energy takes uh, the group and everybody brings something unique. I think the group is handpicked from a sense that like these people agreed to come together on a higher level yes. so that we could do this work. And so it's always so fun to see the dynamics that are involved. So it mm-hmm. should be, it'll be a fun weekend. That's wonderful. Yes. That's great. That's okay. great. So should we check in with Benny? Yeah, let's check in with Benny. Benny. I'm doing great. Are you doing Benny great? Benny yeah. a theme song like, uh-huh. and so- now time <coughs> for Benny. <laughs> It's not bad. I like that. <laughs> can you record can, can something we, about that? I you would sing, love to, don't you? Uh-huh. <gasps> well, Alessandra I used could to. record it. How did I not know that? I used to. I, in the back of the no, day. No, you still do. She's from a musical family. Oh. Yes. Yeah. yeah so, okay, I was so, a nationally ranked soloist in high school. <gasps> wow. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. What was your, like, uh, <laughs> the piece that you sang the most? Um, oh man, they had us sing so many like Latin Oh, you didn't have like your thing? And, no. no. Okay. I did weddings for a while. Mm-hmm. And in those days, uh, a major requested song was that At Last. Ah, uh, Etta James. James. That uh-huh. was my father, I mean, that was my uh, first dance with, um, not my father, daughter dance, sorry. At my wedding, there, you know, you do the two dances. Well, yes. if you're doing the traditional Southern yes. thing, yes. And so, yes. There it is. This was my uh, thing with my ex husband, Rob. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Don't you love it? I love that. Yeah. It's a beautiful I love one. that song. And, you know, quick funny story about that song is um, I was got hired to do that for a wedding. Somebody had heard me sing and thought, I, you know, definitely want you for my wedding. And so I, she wanted the song. And then she sent me the music, the sheet music for the musical version of that, oh. which, if you haven't heard, is very jingly and sort of. Um, no, a little more upbeat. fast paced, upbeat. Yeah, never heard it. And so I was so confused. Um, and she, I said, "Do you want the kind of classic, like the kind of Etta James slow version, or do you want this musical jingle for your wedding?" And I'm thinking for sure she, there's a mistake here. And yeah. she's like, "I think, I, yeah, I want the musical version." And I thought she didn't understand. It. Okay, she, no. And so then I'm at this wedding, and it's outside, and I'm up on this like this out in this deck overlooking these hills. It's in Nevada at the foothills of like where you go up to Lake Tahoe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so beautiful, right? I'm out there. I'm looking over this wedding crowd. It's so beautiful. The sun is setting. Uh-huh. Everyone's so peaceful. They're looking into each other's eyes. And they're like, and now our song. And it gets quiet. And it's like, ding, 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 ding. And I'm like, at last, yes. my love has come alone. Uh-huh. It was 
awful. Like it was just not the was right. The bride was and like the <laughs> audience all looked over their shoulder, like what is happening? Like they thought you didn't like, know. Why what you is were this doing? woman straight yeah. ruining this wedding? And they all were <laughs> no, staring no. at me. The, but the bride was happy. Good. Hey, oh, that's so all that she matters. Knew she wanted that. That's what <laughs> okay, she that's wanted. That's what she wanted. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Oh, well, and brides then, get what they want. And then so. I quit weddings after that. That was the last wedding I did. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, bye. Y'all don't know what you're doing. I would be very adamant on, like, are you sure, sure? And yes. if not, I might be walking around. By the way, the song is going to be <laughs> By the a little way, more upbeat, yeah. a little more yes. tempo. I did not don't pick be this. Surprised, yeah, so. don't be. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So back to Benny. I was about to say, speaking of weddings, no, not, we're going a little bit too far. Oh. No, 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 no. No, we can do this. We have to. Oh, which one is this from? You found it. The dating game. Because you guys were yes, asking me. Yes, yes, that's where we're going with this. We are. So, Benny, what's the latest on your love life? <laughs> See, this is I not like that it. last, right? Hey! That's totally how I felt. <laughs> Still out there. Doing my thing. Yeah. Are you that's going, way vague. Are you going on dates, Benny? A couple. Okay. Here and there. Here and See, there. we did have a listener who I mentioned uh, reached out and said, hey, will you just, uh, you know, ping Benny a little bit about this person that I think That's he might be good with? calling it these days, pinging. Yeah. Ping. Well, oh gosh. Yeah. Do they? No. Oh. We're talking about an electronic <laughs> ping on Facebook and it does Slide not mean anything the else. Old DM, maybe. <laughs> yes. Okay, there we go. Yeah, there. <laughs> <laughs> That's maybe the Gen X terms is yeah, right. pinging. <laughs> yeah. Go off the Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> But, yes, so Benny seems to be, like, you're being very vague about this, so should we just Just kind of hanging out, letting you're things kind of happen, okay, you know? Okay. I went on a couple, and I'm like, yeah, it's good, you know? But you haven't found someone no. yet that is really... Connecting. Connecting. Yeah. Okay. okay. It seems like you've got a new... There's some kind of new vibe or energy that you've Maybe got around Maybe it's the beard thing. Is Could it be. the beard? Could be the beard. The big beard is bigger. With great beard, <laughs> beard comes great responsibility. Do you have a different outlook? No, I think it's just, I don't know. I mean, now I think I'm just now taking that step into, I think it's time. Mm. So that's to, to do what? Um, jump into the scene again. Oh, the scene, not yeah. like relationship. Mm. The scene. Well, You're I mean, that scene too. scene first and then relationship. You know, or... I'm a package deal. Okay. Yeah. It's a big thing. Mm-hmm. So yes. there yes, are yes, those yes. other little intricacies around yes. everything. Yes. Yes. And by package deal, we're referring to his beautiful twin boys. Yes. Who are now seven? They just turned eight. Eight. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, that's bananas. I know, right? Yeah, I love. Yeah, because you just posted the little thing with uh, the, the yes, and they was, were how old was, God, was like, Eli? And I couldn't tell which one that one was because they're identical. I think. Nine months. So he's okay. sitting in their little rocker, and he was just you know how they start making cuckoo sounds like yeah. all that. And I, I grabbed my little th- uh, finger, went like every time he would just make a solid sound out, and I was just going really fast. Uh-huh. Every I time he would put his finger to the, Eli's lips, he would like do the little sound. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. I could pull that. You got to find that on Benny's Facebook page if you want to see the real thing. So, okay, well, there's it. our update. Mm-hmm. All right, okay. there's our update. And then I do have to say, because um, Alessandra and I are doing this much more on the fly, and so since you were sneaking mm-hmm. in, I, I just wrote down a couple of things we can talk about. But, um, yeah. That's so wonderful. Yes. Well, and I know, yeah, l- last night we got to we got to have dinner at wonderful place. Bar Del Corso. If yes. you are from Seattle um, and you want to support an awesome local business um, run by Gina and Jerry, who are members of the Lawn Bowling Club. Gina's actually the president, but they have this beautiful Italian restaurant in Beacon Hill called Bar del Corso. Um, Their prices are way too low for what they're doing there. I'll just say that. Um, It is a great value. It is a wonderful atmosphere, and they are amazing people. So, um, yes, that's where we we went last night. It was good. So we were were catching up and having all kinds of 
talks about what we wanted to talk about and things that are going on in our lives. Yeah. So whatever you, what, are, what do you got there? Well, the first thing I wanted to, so uh, regular listeners, if you heard the interview with Brooke Castillo, she is my grand mentor. She set up Martha Beck's Life Coach Training Program. She now runs her own um, Life Coach School. Um, she is just killing it. Um, as I mentioned in the interview with her, you know, she started as a coach and really went to six figures pretty fast and then transcended the seven figure mark. And now she runs this big life coach training school. And she's really all about showing what is possible. Because I think a lot of people in the coaching industry there, if you hang around um, with enough people, you'll hear a lot like, oh, you can't make money in coaching. And oh, there's just too many coaches. And there could be some truth in that. I'm sure you can find evidence of that. Um, but uh, Brooke offers an opposing view to that and shows mm -hmm. what is possible. So she has this wonderful, um, uh, well, it's self-coaching scholars. And I know you have been participating yeah, in this. Yep. And I just was curious, one of the, the things that Brooke does, um, if I could recommend any podcast for mindset, management, inspiration, business acumen, like just, she's just, she knows what she's doing. Um, her podcast, the Life, Sco the Life Coach School podcast, is phenomenal. What she does every once in a while on that show is um, say, mention her mentors, you know, what I have learned from Abraham Hicks, what I have learned from uh, Martha Beck, those kind of things, mm -hmm. Byron Katie. Um, and so I wanted to hear from you, Alessandra, your experience. What have you learned from Brooke Castillo so far? Like what has been the most transformative? And we're not, this is not a PS or a whatever, a, a plug for <laughs> from the life coach school, self-coaching scholars. I can't ever get all the terminology right. It's just really, it has been, she's been um, a big influence in my life. And now I see that you're really participating actively with yes. her. So I'm just curious. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Well, and you were the one that recommended that <laughs> podcast. And I because I, I said I needed something for the commute between yeah. Seattle and Bellingham to occupy my mind. Yeah. And so started listening to that. And it just it just made so much sense. And what's interesting is, you know, I've got all of this training in in psychology, the right? PhD. PhD, right. And I, I feel really proud of the education that I have. I feel really proud of the therapy work, both that I've done with clients, but also that I've done for myself. Mm -hmm. And I'm telling you, these this podcast and getting involved in Brooke's work is some of, it's it's one of the best decisions that I've ever made in my life. Yeah. Um, and I think because she just has a way of simplifying ways that we can think about some of the concepts, like uh, whether it's confidence or whether it's worrying about making a wrong decision, mm -hmm. right? Or it's... Um, uh, you know, some of the self-doubt or the negativity. And so, or like how you might be playing out your victim story and not even really realizing it, and, mm -hmm. you know, turning yourself into being victim of your own life. All of these different things that what I was noticing for me um, where I was having so much struggle with my moods and felt like, oh no, I, you know, I'm depressed or I'm anxious or I'm all of, you know, these things. And I know I struggle with that. And I very much identified in that way. And I, and I do, I would still say that, yes, anxiety is something I struggle with. But what I realized that I struggle with even more is, um, is, is what Brooks call, Brooke calls a, a mismanaged mind, mm -hmm. where it's like my mind is on fire with all of the, um, negative messaging and getting caught in these thought loops. And of course, psychologists know about this. So it's not like, and Brooke does not claim to be creating anything new. It's her work is based on concepts that she's pulled, like you said, from a lot of different amazing teachers and the model that she has created for 
running through how we feel about a set of circumstances is based on a lot of these different readings. Yeah. So she even claims there's nothing new. It's the way that she puts it together and speaks about it that I think has given me such clarity. Mm -hmm. I mean, where it's helped me so much to get out of my own way with my business, get out of my own way with sabotaging unconsciously my relationship, you Mm -hmm, know, mm -hmm. Um, clearing out people who actually um, uh, were caught in their victim story and who I was enabling in some ways and taking care, taking care of in that way, just to like clear that out, you Mm -hmm. know, Uh, it's just been, it's just been phenomenal, Mm -hmm. you know, Um, even like, you know, we get so caught up in wondering like, what you know say you've got to make a decision right we need to be able to choose whether we're going to be in this relationship or we're going to choose to be single and what should I do and I don't know and we spent all of this time spinning right Mm -hmm. or should I should I stay in my job should I quit and go into my own business and all of this time in this indecision which she also talks about even in indecision is an indulgent emotion Mm -hmm. but thinking about something like um, she'll do these comparisons where it's like, imagine the best possible outcome of both scenarios. Mm-hmm. So say in the relationship, you have to imagine the relationship you're in going absolutely perfectly and mm-hmm. beautiful. And then imagine yourself as single and that also going perfectly and beautiful. Mm-hmm. And once you've got the idea that both outcomes can be good outcomes, make a decision from that point. Never make a decision from, what I have right now is not working, but this other thing sounds really wonderful. Right. Because just like you're saying with Martha Beck's work, the new shiny is always going to be the attractive option, right? Mm-hmm. So there's just some of that kind of thought work that just helps my brain out so much and to get out of being so caught. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and one of the things you mentioned, um, one of the reasons I think I'm attracted to her work is because well, I'll just share a funny story um, from, so Brooke, of course, set up Martha's Life Coach Training School. So there are other master coaches who came on board around that time. This is like the original crew of people in the first couple of years she was doing this. And when she first started teaching it, you'd go down to, she lived in Phoenix at the time, you'd go down to Arizona and everybody would sit around in a hotel room, like in a circle, and it was like a three-day fire hose approach. Um and so Brooke came online and was like, okay, this is, this is bonkers. You've got to make this into, you know, a curriculum mm-hmm. with over time. And, of course, now it's like a nine-month program, and it's beautiful, and it's, it's a machine um, that Brooke really helped create. And uh, so there are some other of the master coaches who I absolutely adore. Um, Susan Hyatt is one who just released a new book. She's going to be on the show in a couple weeks. Um, I love her. She was one of my instructors. She is just out there and um, really inspiring. And then there was another one, Jackie Gartman, who's still one of her master coach instructors. So I was listening to a call with uh, Jackie and Susan a while back, and they were saying how um, they were comparing stories of first becoming a coach. And uh, Susan shares a story, and she's this is something she shared publicly, but she had a client in the very beginning ask for her money back. Um, like she had mm-hmm. a client basically fire her. And so at the time, you know, she's feeling she's a young coach and she's feeling very insecure about it. And so she goes to Brooke and Jackie and Susan are both laughing about this because they go to Brooke and they're like, you know, Brooke, what, what did you do when you were fired for the first time? I mean, have you been fired by a client? And Brooke was just like, nope, never happened. Like <laughs> so Brooke has been Brooke. Uh, Brooke exudes confidence. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, that's something it's a very attractive quality because uh, for someone like me 
who has questioned my value, my worth, and what I bring to the table on a consistent basis my entire life to have someone who has no PhD. I think she's got mm-hmm. an undergrad degree in yep. psychology, but yep. she doesn't have some fancy certification or um, credentialing mm-hmm. behind her name. She's just, she's a regular person who has created a kick-ass business. Mm-hmm. And so I was listening to one of her, this is a very long story long to get here, but I'm attracted to her work on confidence. And so when I when I am going into a new setting, um, and so let's say when I started coaching, and I wondered, you know, am I going to be able to help this particular client every time they came in the door? What, uh, what if I don't know what to do? What if I don't provide value? Mm-hmm. And Brooke said when she was first starting out, and I'm offering this for anybody out there listening who is perhaps new in whatever modality you're practicing or the business that you've started, uh, that, you know, you're working with people. Um, Brooke said while she didn't have the experience yet under her belt as a new coach, what she did have was confidence in her ability to sit with someone, to hold space, to listen well, and Mm -hmm. to be with them. And she could be confident in that until she was confident in the experience and the competency in her craft. Yes. And so I love her work. I would say that's something that's really influenced me about her work Mm -hmm. um, on confidence Mm -hmm. and getting out there in the world with whatever you're doing. Yeah. Well, and I think, you know, a lot of when she's talking about doing her work and continuing to show up, right, even when those fears are there, you know, looking at it more of even like a a moral obligation of who am I to not be there and be with people or offer my help when I know I can be helpful. Yes. Right. And letting that fear take over is something that I think ends up being ends up being kind of a, a moral issue, mm-hmm. right? It's, it, and it gets a little bit of thinking like, how dare you withhold your gifts from other people yeah. based on your own self-doubt when you you could be helping people change their life. Yeah. And because of your own fear, you're saying, you know, essentially you're not, you're not going to or you're going to hold back in some way. Mm-hmm. And I think, how dare you, right? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and I think, you know, some um, with her work, the... Um, how she talks about fear and how how to really notice, you know, that there's still very much that part of our primitive brain that is in that yeah. fight or flight response. And, you know, and I, I've talked with this, um, you know, even before I started studying Brooks' work, even as a psychologist talking with clients about befriending the fear and mm-hmm. noticing the fear and where, you know, and understanding whose voice this fear is. Mm-hmm. And I think Brooke has just... Um, help me take it kind of to the next level and really, really understand all of the ways in which that fear is hindering my process, my progress and process forward. Right. And so whether that's perceptions of rejection from other people, like, for Mm -hmm. example, my goal this year is to launch a podcast and any time and any time that I've gone to to work on it, it starts going. It's Uh like the fear motion starts going, right? And I start worrying about, I I just imagine the very first time that I send it out to be edited and put together and then load it up on, you know, Uh the internet that like someone's just going to go on there, put one star and say, this person sucks. Don't ever listen to them, you know? And it's like that one person is keeping me just from doing it. But the great thing is, is that last year, I wouldn't have seen that as just like that fear that is just like there's a part of the brain that is operating in a way that's like, look, 
we're going to die if this happens, right? That yeah. that is so activated. We've still got that primitive brain that's acting as though there's a tiger in the bushes. Yeah. And no matter what I'm doing and creating a podcast, whatever, there's no tiger, right? There's no yeah. tiger. So just able to really identify it, see it for what it is and and still take steps anyway. Yes. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. the worst thing that can happen is you feel an uncomfortable emotion. I mean, yes. So the the worst, the worst case scenario for most people is a feeling, right? This Mm -hmm. is what Brooke talks about. Mm -hmm. And that that those feelings pass, that Mm -hmm. we have to we have to ride the wave of that emotion. Mm -hmm. We know that Mm -hmm. we can only feel angry for so long till it kind of dissipates. We can only feel embarrassed for so long till it kind of dissipates. Right. So it's I think that so often, though, we will stop our entire lives just based on the fear of feeling a feeling. Yeah, exactly. And that feeling of uh, rejection or the, like you say, the one star review. Um, I, I, I can't get enough of listening to people who are a little farther along the path talk about the times when they've gotten the bad review, when they've gotten the one star um, in whatever they're doing. Uh, because I think once you get a couple of those under your belt, it's mm-hmm. a heck of a lot easier going forward. And I was thinking the other day, I'm going to reach back out to this guy um, what is his name? It's like Gabrielle. I'll find it here in a minute. Um, but basically, he had he went through and did a hundred days of rejection. Um, <laughs> what is he? Yeah, Gabrielle Garofalo. Where he put himself yeah. in the face of rejection. Yeah, basically, he would go and ask for ridiculous things that no one was. Well, I say no one. He was surprised sometimes. Like occasionally, I think he went to a donut store, and this was during the Olympics, and he asked them to make the Olympic rings in donuts with mm-hmm. like the colored icing. And he thought for sure they're going to say no. And what are you thinking? And they actually did it. So that's kind of a silly example. But he really put himself out there uh, and would ask for ridiculous things just so that he would get a no so that it would beef up beef up his muscles. Because I think when you talk to most mm-hmm. entrepreneurs, successful, um, yeah, I know that's a relative word, but folks who are, are feeling good about what they're doing and are making it, um, they'll often say that that, that rejection is a – just get used to it. And that is a quintessential mm-hmm. part and parcel of moving forward. You've got to have a lot of rejection before you get like a hundred no's before you get the one. Yes. 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 And just get used to that. And that's okay. Yes. When I was listening to, um, I was listening to a talk um, by Jack Canfield, um, author of chicken yeah. soup for the soul. Mm-hmm. And he was just talking about how he had gotten rejected by whatever, 143 yes. publishers. And think right? about this series now. Yes. And so, and I mean, he's amassed, I mean, billions of dollars, right? Um, but he was saying, you know, people had asked him, why didn't you quit after the hundredth rejection? Mm-hmm. Like you've submitted a hundred times. Why not quit after the hundredth rejection? And he said, because we hadn't gotten a yes yet. <laughs> you know, it took it it took however many tries till you got to the yes. For him, I think it was 143. So oh, that's how many times you're going to submit until you get the yes yeah. you know and i do think that that is that is a muscle that we that we have to build is getting really good at being rejected and and getting really good at 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 that kind of vulnerability yeah. you know and and again coming and we'll go ahead and take our break but um coming back around even when you do get rejected they're not going to take your children. They're not going to kill you. Mm-hmm. All the worst that's going to happen is a feeling. Yep, and we can a handle feeling. a feeling. Yep. We yeah. can do that. We've done feelings. Yes, we can do. We yeah. can do much harder things than yes. feelings. Yes. <laughs> okay. So you're listening to Sunny in Seattle. I'm Sunny Joy, joined by Dr. Alessandra Duke. And with Benny on the board. Hello, hello. And how about we take a break and we'll come back in a few. Are you ready to get unstuck from a bad marriage and embrace your best life? 
If you're anything like me, you may have spent years creating a life that looks pretty good on paper. There's just one problem. Your marriage is unhappy and unfulfilling, but you're too scared to trade your comfortable life for a future full of unknowns. In my new book, Unhitched, I will give you the tools you need to make the right decisions about your marriage, as well as the confidence that your future can be better and brighter than you can even imagine. I share my own very personal story, and I will guide you through a clear process that will enable you to answer the question, should I stay or should I go? It's a process that will help you tune out fears and unwanted advice, and instead tune into your own intuition and inner wisdom, as well as exit a marriage gracefully and feel secure about your future. Get ready to trade confusion and stagnation for your best life. Unhitched, unlock your courage and clarity and unstick your bad marriage. Available for pre-order today on Amazon.com. A message from wildlife biologist Jeff Corwin for American Humane. Every year, 30,000 elephants are killed by poachers. 8 million tons of plastic is dumped into the ocean. And 18 million acres of forest disappear and with them, many of the remarkable animals that share our planet. These animals need our help. Their very survival depends on our ability to protect them. Zoos and aquariums are on the front lines of wildlife conservation and inspire environmental stewardship amongst the millions of families that visit every year. And know that zoos and aquariums that have earned the Humane Certified Seal of Approval from American Humane will not give up until every species has a fighting chance for survival. Find out more and help protect and preserve the amazing creatures that share our world. Brought to you by American Humane. Sunny in Seattle, radio that positively shines. I'm Dr. Anthony Lazowitz, and this is Climate Connections. At farmer's markets across Minneapolis-St. Paul, Hmong farmers sell vegetables, fruits, and flowers. The Hmong are an ethnic minority group from East Asia. After the Vietnam War, many fled Laos as refugees and settled in Minnesota. There, some continue to farm for a living. But climate change brings new challenges. As winters warm, more pests survive until spring. Paku Hang of the Hmong American Farmers Association says pests ruined a lot of Brussels sprouts last year. And then we also saw a lot of black rot in our broccoli because we had just had so much rain. Crop insurance can help, but getting it is cumbersome for many Hmong farmers. Hang says they may raise 60 types of produce in a five-acre plot, and the application asks for details about each. On top of that, many older farmers need a translator. On average, it takes our farmers 13 hours to just fill out an application to apply for the specialty crop insurance compared to a conventional farmer where that person might only need 30 minutes or one hour. But the Hmong came to the U.S. in search of a better life. So Hang says despite these challenges... Still, they're persevering. Climate Connections is produced by the Yale Center for Environmental Communication. Learn more at YaleClimateConnections.org. Alternative Talk 1150. We're on your radio at 1150 AM. We're on your HD radio at 98.9 Channel 3. So many ways to listen. We're on the web at 1150kknw.com. Streaming live audio and video as well as MP3 archives of many of our shows. So many ways to listen. And now, we're on your smartphone or tablet. Download our free app in the Apple App Store or Google Play and take Alternative Talk 1150 anywhere you go. So many ways to listen. 
Talk radio with a purpose. Alternative Talk 1150. <laughs> Welcome oh, back to Sunny in Seattle. That was not the one that you did at the wedding. Not, but, yes. but I, God, I wish it was. If you were just joining the show, um, I'm Sunny Joy, joined by Dr. Alessandra Duke. And in the first segment, um, we talked a little bit about Alessandra being a, well, a singer, but among those, <laughs> a wedding singer at one point. <laughs> yes. And singing That's at so last, cool. a more remixed version of it, but it was not that one. Yes, yes. <laughs> a more musical version. I was thinking, too, you know, I was, I was, if this gives people some context, I was a singer when it was still worth having demo tapes on actual tapes. Yes. So I was giving out Memorex tapes oh my gosh, with my crazy. business cards. That's yes. awesome. Now that might be kind of a, a, an in. I think so. Oh, yeah. Because oh, yeah. like vintage. A, a vintage yeah. retro thing. Yeah, so yeah, people, yeah. like, you know, when you go to the door, you're like, oh, hey, here's my tape. You're yes. Like, uh, we do MP3s here. Like, yes. yeah, it's underneath. But you can look at my tape. Yeah. <laughs> like, but that's yes. going to, you'll be remembered. Yes. Yes. Nice. In yeah. case you want to go back to wedding singing. Oh, totally. Oh, gosh. <laughs> no, or dropping thanks. off a demo Probably tape not. at the radio stations. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Just happening to slide you a demo tape yeah, right? every time I come here. Hey, Benny. Hey, Benny. <laughs> Would you listen to my tape? What can you do? <laughs> right? Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, that'd be awesome. Oh, well, anyway, so, yeah, that's my former life. Oh, well, we love hearing about it. Yeah, yeah, all these new things we learn. Um, okay, so we were talking on the break, um, picking up where we left off about um, welcoming rejection, strengthening that muscle, and you were saying you're reading one of Brene Brown's. Newer works? Yes. Brene Brown, who who I like her work very much. Um, yes. She wrote her, her most recent book, uh, Daring to Lead. Mm-hmm. Um, she's got all kinds of, or Dare to Lead. She had like Daring Greatly, mm-hmm. and then this is Dare to Lead. So some mm-hmm. people think it's, they get confused and think it's the same thing. Mm-hmm. New, new book. So a little bit more on leadership. And I think in, in both books, she talked about the concept of, um, you know, she talks big about the concept of vulnerability mm-hmm. and um and being being in the arena right yes. um showing showing up in these ways being willing to um to lean in to be vulnerable to take risks and that so often you know the negative feedback that we get are from people what she calls sitting in the cheap seats mm-hmm. right that are not taking risks are not putting themselves out there mm-hmm. are not trying to do new things and you sit back and criticize you know whether it's online mm-hmm. or it's even in your life mm-hmm. right um uh where your your ideas are stupid or you're stupid or you're mm-hmm. not doing anything right and it's criticism from the cheap seat so mm-hmm. her big advice and I wish I had the quote with me but I just was thinking of this reading as we were talking about mm-hmm. it is to to just n- never that there's just no time in our lives when we are we are actively in the arena to take any feedback from the cheap seats. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Um, and then what was the other thing you were oh, saying? Oh, yeah. Okay. So we were talking about Brooke Castillo's work. Yes, right? yes. And, um, and something that I started this year for myself um, in my commitment to mental health and personal development has been to join her uh group coaching program called self-coaching scholars mm-hmm. and um if you again we'll just say the po- her podcast is the life coach school um and so she talks about a lot of different concepts whether it's like business personal growth all of this but self-coaching scholars takes you to the next level mm-hmm. you get some um a little bit of one-to-one coaching lots of group coaching all kinds of things so something that um that i've taken from brooks work that i've been using a lot with clients is talking about what is the worst case scenario? So mm-hmm. 
Um, so even, you know, if people are thinking about, I work with a lot of people who are taking risks, let's say even in um, wanting to leave their corporate jobs or starting a business, you know, or, or I mean, they're seeing me because they want help with their relationship and to know whether to stay or whether to go. Mm-hmm. Um, and so even, you know, even in thinking about that or using myself as an example, like with the the podcast that I want to do, thinking through what is the worst, the worst case scenario, right? Mm-hmm. I do this podcast and then what? Mm-hmm. Well, then no one listens, right? Mm-hmm. No one listens. And then I get a one-star review. I get a one-star review. that did listen. Who, from somebody that doesn't like me. Mm-hmm. And because also being authentic, people are not always going to like you, mm-hmm. right? That's just, that's par for the course. Uh, even if, I, yeah, I think some people try to be so vanilla just so they don't get the criticism and then you just get lost in the shuffle. Yes. We can talk about yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. So, okay, one-star review. <clears throat> Nobody listens to my podcast. Mm-hmm. I have no listeners. I decide not to do it. So that means I don't have a podcast. Well, guess what the great news is? You didn't have one to begin with. I don't have a podcast now. Yeah. You know? Like, I don't have one now. And I don't have listeners right now. Mm-hmm. Maybe, a, maybe a couple on this radio show. I know that. Yeah. <laughs> my partner listens sometimes. Um, <laughs> my parents are listening. Yeah, There's three for you. Are listening. Yeah. Yes. And uh, there are a couple of lady bosses, too, that yeah. listen. And it's funny the things that they'll come up to me and, and have remembered oh, that we funny. talk about. I love. Um, but I think, yeah, okay, so that's the worst case scenario is somebody didn't like my work and I don't have a podcast. Okay. Well, I've already survived that. I've already had people not like my work. Mm-hmm. I already don't have a podcast. That's the worst case scenario. I'm still okay. Nothing bad has happened. Yeah. It's okay. Yeah. So, you know, and she talks, Brooke Castillo talks a little bit about, you know, even with the, you know, worst case scenario, if you've got, you know, you make some kind of investment because some people could be listening and thinking, well, yeah, but you didn't lose any money or you didn't lose. I was going to say, how does this play out in a scenario like leaving a marriage, uh, investing Mm -hmm. money? Like, how does it play out for things that maybe seem for someone out there, they, they feel like the issue might be more relevant to or serious, let's yeah, say. Yeah. Yeah. I think that um I think that she uses it just as a tool in terms of how how to um even if, if you're thinking about investing in a business or something like that, like, okay, worst case scenario, this business doesn't work out, mm-hmm. I lose this money, mm-hmm. um, I feel like a failure, mm-hmm. right? Okay. So failure would be the feeling. We know that mm-hmm. feelings pass, but also in this the greater risk that she will often talk about is is the not knowing or the not ever trying right so like yeah. if there is if there is some money lost of course you want to be smart not risking more than you really can afford to afford lose. to lose yeah. right i mean not setting yourself up to um to you know be without a home or something like that uh-huh. but to to take risks in a way that um that can allow you to grow, right? I think that there's 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 different levels of risk, of course, but like if you're trying to decide whether or not to act on a dream that you've always had, mm-hmm. the bigger worst case scenario would be that you never acted on that dream at all. Yeah, and there's there there I I can't remember, I'm not going to articulate this really well, but you might rem, you might because you're really in her work. Um that there's there's an emotion that comes along with not pursuing a dream. Like mm-hmm. there's discomfort in feeling a calling in your heart and yes. not acting on it. Yes. And often that, and that can last for decades mm-hmm. for some people, um, being in that emotion 
the discomfort of not following a dream can be far worse than the fear Mm -hmm. of pursuing it or the result if it doesn't work out the way that you had envisioned it. Right. Yeah. Well, and she talks about that, that indecision and that, you know, that in between as, as indulgence, right. That, and that, that it also is a choice that you're making by not making a choice. Yeah. But you're, you're, you're causing and, and then contributing to kind of your own suffering. So she, she's talking about, you know, kind of like I talked about when it's like making, you can make either choice, picture them both working out wonderfully. Yeah. When you get to that point, choose, Which make one? a choice and then have your own back. Yeah. Choose, commit, yeah. go and yeah. have your own back throughout it. Yeah. Like, oh yeah. That, mm-hmm. And what was I just about? God, I just totally lost my little thought that I was going to follow up with a question on that. Oh, well, this is turned into like the Brooke Castillo promo show. I know. Show. Well, it, and I, yeah, I want to reiterate that that we are not getting paid to do a PSA for <laughs> no. Castillo. And she I didn't think, make us drink any Kool-Aid either. No. And you know what I like about Brooke is that even if she were to hear this mm-hmm. this show, like if somebody said, oh, they're talking about your work, she would probably say like, no, that's not what I mean. <laughs> you oh, know, totally. I mean, she would have corrections to it because of course. she is, I mean, she is so precise with her words. She is. Um, and really intentional about that. And um, I just have a lot of respect for that and am and, and just steeped in her work. That's what it was. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so the other thing that I'll just share that stood out for me, because given my line of work right now where um, a lot of the women who come in my office are deciding whether or not to stay in a marriage. And the thing that I hear a lot is I'm confused. And my theory has always been you're not confused. You just are afraid of the knowledge that you have and acting on it. Mm. Like, you know what you want to do. You just are afraid to take the action. You're not confused. Mm -hmm. But (laughs) Brooke takes it a step further and she says confusion is a lie Mm -hmm. and it blocks us from our own wisdom. Like we have the wisdom. We know. But Mm -hmm. she, she said it so strongly. And so I usually now say that. But I'm like. Caveat, this may sound a little harsh, but Brooke's not afraid to say it. Yeah. Your confusion is a lie. Right. (laughs) Well, and I think that that's what's so neat about her work is her straightforwardness. Um, For me, you know, I think as a psychologist and and having training as a therapist, I'm always holding shades of gray. Of course. We can hold these million different ways of looking at it and all of these things. And for her, she's just so directive in that way. Um, And I think for my brain, that's really refreshing. She wouldn't work for everyone. No, she But it's really helped me. Yeah. And I'll say, I will say for the first several years that people had recommended her work, uh, it didn't resonate Mm -hmm. for me at all. Like I I couldn't, it just didn't sink in. It wasn't connecting. And I guess I'm in a different place now and it was what I needed. So, yeah, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. some teachers come around when you need them and then they drift away or teachers that you've heard about for 20 years all of a sudden seem you can understand their work and it's much more relevant. Yeah. So yeah. I'm following her right now, too. Yeah, so. I really love it. OK, so we've got like less than 10 minutes. What else do we want to talk about? Because I've I got a couple more things that I just made little notes about. Yeah. But what else? But- I mean, I definitely I can go on. I can drone on and on and on about uh self-coaching scholars <laughs> right now but I, I'm curious if you've got other things that you want to talk no, about I just was going to talk about um the we last night we were talking a little bit about the Petaluma move and yes 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 yeah so we'll be in Petaluma next week to look at this one particular house the landlord has been kind enough to hold it we've had some really nice conversations and I think 
given our unique circumstances, as I mentioned on the show before, you know, Chase is trans is going to find a new job. So he doesn't currently have employment there. That tends to make landlords a little mm-hmm. nervous. Um, we have three kitties. Mm-hmm. Uh, that makes most people pretty nervous, yes. Yes. <laughs> especially landlords. So anyway, I think this one may work out. But it's been so funny because as this is becoming real and Chase's last day at his job was like a week or two ago. So he's just been working on getting mm-hmm. our house ready for renters. Um it's gotten, well, let's say uh, stuff has gotten real. And so there's some fear around, oh my gosh, we're doing this. Like this is, Mm -hmm. we're, I'm picking up and leaving this community that has, we've built for six or seven years here in Seattle. Mm -hmm. We will still be here. I mean, our goal is to, uh, in the future, split our time. And I will still be doing Sunny in Seattle, just not always in the studio. Um, But I finally had to take the advice that I give to people all the time. And I'm like, duh, like hit myself in the forehead (laughs) Because Stephen Pressfield talks about this, using our fear as a compass pointing directly where we need to go, Mm -hmm. where we most need to go. And, yeah, I've got some fear around going to Petaluma. How will my business fare? Will it take off immediately? Will will there be some lag time? Will the community embrace us in the same way that we have felt here in Seattle? And so I am taking my own advice for the first time uh, in this whole experience of leaning into the fear and then really going... The other thing that, um, and I'm going to be doing a little bit of this with the workshop tomorrow, but our mind uh, will give you a much different answer than your heart will yeah. when you ask the question. And so I call it stepping to the heart because mm-hmm. Jill Bolte Taylor, you know, the neuroscientist that mm-hmm. had the stroke, her left brain went offline. So she was living in her right brain for the longest time. When she finally got her language back, she said that when she learned, you know, what a trickster her left brain really was, like a spin doctor of sorts. And when she learned how safe her emotions really were, that they'd pass through the body in 90 seconds, she realized once she had both hemispheres of her brain back online that when she started to get caught up in a narrative loop or a, mm-hmm. a circuit of you know not letting something go, she would do what she calls stepping to the right, basically mm-hmm. step to your right brain not your left brain. Oh, yeah, yeah. And so I like to think, because I'm not a, I think it makes a lot of sense to her because she, of course, is a brain scientist. Mm-hmm. But for me, I'm calling it stepping to the heart. So when my mind is spinning out of control, going down and actually like put a little hand on your heart, put your fingers on your heart, mm-hmm. breathe there for a few minutes. This is like the quick coherence technique from heart math. But basically, yeah, getting into the heart space and asking your heart the question, like, is this the right thing? Should we be going to Petaluma? And of course, like my heart burst with excitement and joy. Mm -hmm. And so step to the heart. And then when my mind goes crazy, thank you, mind. Thank (laughs) you, brain. You're doing your job to keep me safe. You think I'm going to be um, killed or maimed or starve or (laughs) all of the things that our reptile brain says. (laughs) That's So, okay, thanks, brain. Thank you for doing your best to keep me safe. Okay, let's go back down to the Mm. heart. And I'm like, okay, when I go into that space, I'm like, absolutely. And to the continuing what we've been talking about, what's the worst that happens? We sign a year lease. Mm -hmm. We stay for a year. Mm -hmm. Doesn't work out. We come back to Seattle. We still have our house here. We have a community here. Even if we didn't have the house here, Mm -hmm. Seattle's still available to us no matter what. Right. So what's the worst that can happen? Mm -hmm. But on the flip side, what would happen if we didn't go? Right. I would sit in that like... Oh, Petaluma, what could have been? And doesn't that sound so much more painful to have a couple of more years and think like, or, you know, to be looking at yourself in 20 years, right? And 
thinking like, oh, I never tried that. Exactly. Like, uh-huh. what would my, it's that choose your own adventure that I used to read so much when I was little. And I feel like if I had chosen the route where we take it safe yep. and we just stay in Seattle without trying Northern California, I feel like that story might have, might end, I'm sure it would end well, mm-hmm. but I feel like there's richer potential for this incredible ending if we incorporate this search in Northern California into our journey, yeah. whether it becomes permanent or not. Yeah. But there's something that we need to do. I love that. Know? I mean, I love that you're feeling a call. And I think I think that you don't get the necessary information you need until you take that step, right? And then you can make an even more informed decision. Yeah. And this doesn't have to be a forever decision, nope. right? I think about that um, even with Bellingham, where it's like I felt a really strong call to be there, and I'm so glad that I am. Yeah. Now that I am there, I can tell uh, this doesn't strike me as my forever place, mm-hmm. but it is doing some level of soul restoration mm-hmm. where I just that was deeply needed, <clears throat> and where it's like I'm able to come back, work in Seattle, and feel really abundant in that like there Mm -hmm. there was something that I needed and and frankly I still think I'm I'm working through that it's like I'm not ready to to not be there but I know that it won't be forever and that's that's okay right but this this was a this felt like a necessary step on the journey and a really strong call that I'm so glad that I followed yeah yeah and I will say my heart when I have followed these callings um not everything has been sunshine and roses. I mean, th- my divorce was difficult, and I'm still experiencing grief, and I miss mm. Rob so much, especially now that he's passed. But I absolutely know that was the right decision, and mm. I followed the call of my heart. And while it was bumpy at times, this was exactly what I needed to do. Mm-hmm. So I understand that going to Petaluma may be a little bumpy at times too. Yeah, absolutely. But that's okay. Following the call of the heart has not steered me wrong yet. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to continue doing so because I've found the most enriching, adventurous, fulfilling, meaningful parts of my life by following that call. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. we'll see. Absolutely. And Benny's back it. in here and we're like right at time. So you've been listening to Sunny in Seattle. I'm one of your co-hosts for First Friday, Sunny Joy. And, and I'm Dr. Alessandra Duke. Yes. And of course, and the uh, producer extraordinaire, Vinny on the board. Thank you, ladies, for your own stopping by. Yeah, yeah. Good to see you, both yeah. of you. So good yeah, to see you. yeah. So Always. come join me at Women of Wisdom this weekend, or just go enjoy the sunshine if you don't. And um, we'll see you next week. Bye.